Welcome to Tea Time with Monica. Are you ready to spill some tea? Welcome to Tea Time, my loves. This episode is Dating and Loving Yourself with Dr. Rosalind Aker Black, affectionately known as Dr. Ross. Now, Dr. Ross has her bachelor's in psychology from Fisk University and completed her doctoral degree in clinical psychology at the American Schools of Professional Psychology at Argosy University in Washington, D.C. She's an award-winning psychologist and has over 14 years of experience in providing psychological services to children, families, and couples in the nonprofit, government, and private industry sectors. Her media experience includes psychological consults with Anderson Cooper's talk show in 2012, the OWNS Network docuseries Unfaithful in 2012, Huffington Post, Fox 5 DC, NBC4, and a regular guest appearance on Howard University's WHUR 96.3 as a relationship expert. Dr. Ross is the series psychologist on TV1's limited series, For My Woman. Dr. Ross also has a TEDx speaker. Um, I actually just watched that YouTube, and so I got my life, and presented the topic, Surviving Betrayal, which we're going to have to touch on in this podcast, at the TEDx U Street Women's Conference. And she is a co-owner of Marriage Exposed, a boutique organization that is dedicated to saving marriages as has and has dictated her life to help, I'm sorry, dedicated her life to help people function improperly in relationships. That is hefty, (laughs) ma'am. You do a lot. Oh, and for all my uh, AKAs out there, Dr. (laughs) Ross is a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority (laughs) Incorporated. So shouts out to AKAs all over. (laughs) Um, But that is a hefty resume and bio right there that you've been (laughs) in this game for a long time, really doing the work and helping people have healthy relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I like to tell people that we all can have a healthy relationship Mm -hmm. if we all have the right tools. And regardless of what trauma you've been through, what bad breakup, who's done you wrong, you can still have a healthy functioning relationship. You just need the right tools. Right. So that leads me to the quote to kind of start off this interview. And the quote comes from Robert Holden. Your relationship with yourself sets the tone for every other relationship you have. It's absolutely true. Right, right. Absolutely true. How you treat yourself will determine how other people treat you. How you see you. Mm -hmm. will determine how other people treat you. Can we talk about this idea of self-esteem and concept? Okay, great. I I, want to get all into it because, (laughs) like I said, I watched the YouTube link that you posted on your social media and the TEDx and talking about how that that betrayal, and sometimes that betrayal at a young age, Mm -hmm. never knowing, you know, what that betrayal can be, whether it's something from a friend, something from a family member or whatever, can set the tone on how you have that self-esteem and how you have relationships. And then that spills over to in the dating world. Absolutely. So here's the truth. We are all going to have trauma. We're Mm -hmm. all going to have disappointments. Some traumas may be violent trauma. Some traumas may be relationship trauma. But we are all going to experience some form of disappointment and Mm -hmm. hurt. 
it's human nature. Right. We can't get away from it. Even if we tried, we can't get away from it. So I'm so glad that we're going to talk about this idea of self-esteem yes. because people really get this, that, that self-esteem is all that you need. And so I am going to challenge your guest today to think very differently about the idea of self-esteem because your self-concept is more important. Right. So most people are like, what is self-concept? So let me <laughs> yes, enlighten us. <laughs> <laughs> so let me tell you the difference. So self-esteem is how we feel about ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So what do we know about feelings? They aren't stable. They mm -mm. change. Oh, we get moody. Absolutely. <laughs> so something may happen and we may feel differently about ourselves. So say we make a mistake at our job, right? Mm -hmm. and, then, and now we may feel, feel silly, depressed, incompetent, right? Yeah. So, so that's self-esteem. It's how we feel about ourselves. Self-concept is what we believe to be true about ourselves. Mm -hmm. So there's a big difference. Our beliefs are stable. What we believe to be true never changes. Okay. It doesn't change. What we believe about ourselves never changes. If you think you're a good person, you're going to be a good person even if you have hurt your friend's feelings. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you believe that you are moralistic, that you have values, regardless of whatever sins, it's just, you know, regardless of whatever sins, <laughs> you because we all, we all do, right? Right. I mean, we, we all make mistakes. Exactly. So that's where the difference is. It's like, I know I'm having that consciousness of I've made yes. a mistake. I can correct that, but I know I'm a good person and that's why I want to correct it. Exactly. All right. So, I am on a mission for people to start paying more attention to their self-concept because when you know who you are and who you believe yourself to be, see, this is how we get in, mm -hmm. you know, erratic relationships because we're not clear on who we are. Yeah. We're not clear on what we deserve. We're not clear on what we need. We're not clear on what we like. And so anything that comes along that looks pretty and smells good and has a nice body, mm -hmm. we're like, yes, I want it. <laughs> right. So does that lead? So does that lead to someone? Um, because I've heard this. I've I've been through therapy myself. You know, my mission this year, I keep telling people, is to tell people, child, go seek therapy. Because I've I've yes. been to you know therapists in my life for different things, but I've never been to talk about like my relationship with myself and how to properly date. Cause I, I think I've been out of the dating game so long. I've been, Lord, I told people, I just jokingly told a friend I have PTSD from dating because I don't know what I'm doing. You know? <laughs> but, but so many people do though. Yeah. But because they get into these horrible relationships because quite naturally, here's the truth. When we meet someone, we want to think the best of them. Right. And they show us their representative. So all we really see going in is the good. We see that. Mm -hmm. And then when we start seeing little signs of red flags, we start brushing it away because we still want to see the good in people. Right. So the problem with that, and because it can be extreme. Mm -hmm. Some people can just be like, oh, red flag. No, 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 no. And never give the person a chance. And then that's why you're single. Right. Mm -hmm. We probably all know someone like that. I do. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, like his nails were dirty. I don't want to deal with that. His shoes were horrible. I don't want to deal with that. You know, mm -hmm. we come up with silly reasons. And honestly, when we're looking for those things, it's because we're just trying to protect ourselves. Right. So it's like, I'm going to shut this down before I get too involved. So if I could find any reason that doesn't work mm -hmm. with this person, then I can save myself. It's, uh, it's, it's interesting that you said that in regards to like the younger relationships. Mm -hmm. Talk about this idea about attachment theory. Okay. Because most people are like, what is that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm wondering myself. <laughs> so attachment theory is how we connect, how mm -hmm. we bond with others. And it starts even before you're out of the womb. Hmm. Even before you're out of the womb. So we're already so, setting the tone before we even, I mean, have the first gasp of air, step into absolutely. the world of absolutely, mm. Absolutely. So, okay, I'm going to get a little scientific, but I promise I'll make it relatable. Okay. So when we come into this world, we have four lobes. One is not developed, and that's mm -hmm. our prefrontal cortex. That's okay. here. And what takes place in our prefrontal context is what we call cortex, excuse me, is what we call our executive functioning. Okay. So that's where we make decisions. That's where we learn how to tolerate emotions. That's how we learn to modulate our emotions. That's our thinking process. So I like for people to think that our executive functioning is like the receptionist at a business. Right. If you want to know anything, go to the receptionist. She knows everything, right? Don't she, honey? She got all the yeah. stuff. All the tea, right? Mm -hmm. So All the tea. Our executive functioning is like the receptionist of our body. Okay. It, it kind of manages and um, modulates how we move in this world. Right. So when we are born, we have four lobes in our brain. The prefrontal cortex is not developed. It grows with us. So we've heard this adage that wisdom comes with age. Mm -hmm. And it's true. So when you're like 10 and you're doing something, you're like, I, I don't know why I did it. Because you don't have the knowledge yeah. to know why you've done something, right? Mm -hmm. So our prefrontal cortex does not stop. It doesn't fully develop until we're like 25. Ooh. So when you think about... All the dumb things you did as a teenager. <laughs> well, and then you actually have me thinking back now. I'm sitting here like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Exactly. <laughs> like, girl, you wasn't thinking in college years. I can just, I can just go, those, those can go away because I wasn't thinking in college. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So I tell people, like, give yourself a pass. Okay. Because your, your brain wasn't fully developed. So when I say our attachment begins in the womb, Mm -hmm. We call these things teratogens, which are danger to the womb when we're pregnant. Right. So if we have a neglectful mother already prenatally, the baby is already feeling that type of attachment. Mm. So in that moment, we are, we are already starting a traumatic experience with the fetus. So. In the third trimester, and this is what me, many people do not realize, in the third trimester, this is when behavioral issues begin to develop. 
no, we can't be blaming the mamas now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why well, your mama that did it. <laughs> so not blaming mom, but getting people to understand when you are, and fathers play a role in that too, because mm-hmm. um, now research is showing that if there is a father who, um, let's say he's an alcoholic, Normally that blame is like put on the mom, mm-hmm. but they're showing now that like fetal alcohol syndrome can come from either parent. Mm. Yeah. Research is showing that now. So not just the mom, but parents, which is why, you know, parenting, I say is the hardest job ever. Mm. I wouldn't know. I am single and no yeah. kids. I'm Me a too. great aunt though. I'm well, a good aunt. I'm a whole good right, aunt. Right. Well, I'm married, but no kids, but I have like a slew of nieces and nephews, right? right. On both sides. But it is one of the hardest jobs because you are raising this little human and you're mm-hmm. always having to think about what's best, what's best, what's best. So what parents don't realize is that, and here's where attachment comes in. What parents don't realize is that they are their child's first teacher. Whatever you show the child, whatever you demonstrate for the child, mm-hmm. that becomes their default behavior. Right. So, I tell parents, and getting back to the womb, we start to retard the growth of their prefrontal cortex when Mm -hmm. there's neglect. Right. So we have all met someone who's like 45 that acts like they're 15. Child. Right. We met them. (laughs) Look, I'm in my late 30s. I done dated some of them that I'm like, why am I? Why? Yes. Yes. But I bet you, I promise you, if you go back or, or if they go back in the history, you could tell that they've, they've probably done like they may, it's sad to say, but a lot of people think that weed doesn't hurt. But when we start smoking weed and things at a young age, it does retard our memory. I, you know, um, <laughs> I know, I okay. know. I was about to say, ooh. All it, all in moderation. All, all in moderation. Okay. All right. When you become an adult. Yeah. For the CBD. Yeah. <laughs> but, but listen, even, even drinking, mm-hmm. even like smelling mushrooms, even doing these things when it happens during that growth of that prefrontal cortex, the brain is retarded to that age. So if somebody starts smoking at 12, mm-hmm. the brain is kind of retarded to that kind of thinking of mm-hmm. like a 12 year old. And not unless, you know, they get some type of intervention and mm-hmm. stop, you know, um, can they kind of, because because the brain is tricky, right? Right. And if you don't know your genetic makeup, and I know, I'm sorry, I'm getting all biological here, but I, I want mean, your listeners to, to understand. Emotional stuff because yeah. you have to think about, you know, different um, psychological issues like anxiety, bipolarism, yes. depression, clinical depression. Absolutely. I mean, you have to think of that also deals with an imbalance in the chemicals in the brain. So you have to get a little technical Absolutely. before we dig deep into other aspects of dating. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when, when, when you have encountered someone in their attachment with their parents that have been neglectful, so let's say there's, there's, there's this idea called secure attachment. Let's think about the Cosby family right? Mm -hmm. They love their kids. They were there for their kids, even though they had careers, their children came first. Mm -hmm. So that's why the Cosby show was such a great hit, right? Because everybody's like, look at this amazing black family. Look at the family time that it gave us. 
You know, yeah, as a absolutely. young kid, I remember, you know, as a child watching the Cosby show with my sister, my mom, and my dad. Mm-hmm. Like, that was family mm-hmm. time. We're going to watch this together. Or me and my sister exactly. would watch a different world together. Like, exactly. you had your family sitcoms that you sat down together and watched and laughed about. We watched exactly. Martin together. Yeah, exactly. Like, that That was family time in my home, home mm-hmm. too. Yeah. But it was so amazing because we saw these respectable parents Mm-hmm. And even though their kids had would have issues, I think about when Vanessa went away to have big fun in Baltimore. Remember that episode? <laughs> going to have big fun. Oh my gosh, it's hilarious to me. <laughs> but you know, when they made mistakes, the parents came together right. to kind of discipline them and to show them that they still love them. So the, the the issue is. And this is why I caution parents on saying, listen, stop telling your children that they're bad. You know, we hear parents be like, oh, my God, you're so bad. Right. Well, he gets on my nerves. Mm-hmm. Or she's the worst. She's just like her daddy. She's just like her, you know, not realizing. That it's like you're saying it in a negative tone. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then we begin to internalize that. We begin to blame ourselves. Right. When honestly, our, our biological makeup has nothing to do with us. That's all on our parents. Yeah, so then how do we break from that? How do we say, okay, I understand that I may have had things that helped or hurt me because I know, you know, it's not all traumatic yeah. in the childhood. I didn't have like super duper trauma. You know what I'm saying? I had some things yeah. that I may have looked at and been like, oh, maybe I should have done that. Or that hurt me a little bit. And I, that may have structured how I am in certain ways. But, you know, we, we've had our good and bad. How do we turn, make that turn to saying, okay, that happened bad. I need to change that narrative. That doesn't need to define me for the rest of my life so that I can have a healthy relationship, whether it's in dating or in friendships. Because I think that all, and you know, that all goes together because who you're dating should be your friend. Absolutely. I'm glad that you asked that question because a lot of people are, fr- are afraid that they can't turn it around. Right. And you can every day. So here's the thing. Every day we don't realize that we have choices, Mm -hmm. right? So it's a choice to trust someone. It's a choice to give someone a chance. It's a choice. The thing is, you just have to become aware, aware of what your issues are. So here's where you have to have that honest conversation like, okay, if I'm the common denominator of not being able to maintain a relationship, mm-hmm. and this is a hard conversation, if everybody's always breaking up with me, goes to me, leaving me, what am I doing? So that it's very hard because it's so much easier to blame other people, right? Mm-hmm. So much easier. And it may be their fault. You know, the reason why it, they, may, they may be like serious jerks. Right. I mean, and it's just, that's kind of what you were talking about in your, your YouTube about like, betrayal's going to happen. Yeah. You have to not take it personal sometimes and just know that was that person. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even, and, and even in that situation of becoming aware, right? Because this Mm -hmm. is the hard part. Right. And I, and this is what I tell my clients, anybody could change. And they're like, no, this has been me for 43 years. Take me as I am. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> if, how I if am t- in some respects. Like, this how I'm going to be, and I don't care. Right. It's take me how I am. Is that working for you? you no, know? it's, look, I'm still single here. I'm, 
Look, I'm right. my age. I'm 38. Okay. All and right. I'm still okay. single. No kids. Not that I think that's a terrible thing, but it's, it's like, like I said, I sometimes I feel like when I when I'm starting to reflect, because now I'm starting at I guess because it's almost at 40, it's like, girl, what are you really doing with life? Yeah. And yeah. I'm starting yeah. to think about things that I've heard from other therapists, um, and just thinking about relationships. And I remember one therapist told me that I was dealing with someone that was emotionally unavailable. Oh. And now I look at myself and ask, where was I emotionally unavailable? Because I believe Absolutely. in like zodiacs and stuff. I'm a cancer and I'm true to heart. If you read a cancer, you don't, <laughs> my picture should be right there. Okay. So you know how like cancers, they say, you know, we're emotional, emotional, we're temper. Our temperament is just like, you don't know where it is. It's all over the place. But also getting to know it's us is like peeling back an onion. Mm. It's like, we'll give you, we'll give you what we want to on the surface. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. But that really deep, deep core of us of someone that can really get to us it takes a lot because you have walls, right? I have walls that are up. And so I'm wondering like when someone who's single or been single for a while, when we're thinking of why we keep attracting that same type of person, is it because of the emotional unavailableness that we might have? And we don't even know that we're not even, like you said, aware that we're emotionally unavailable and we keep attracting this emotionally unavailable person in our lives. I'm so glad that you brought that up and that you're really honest about it Mm -hmm. because most people would never admit that they are attracted to emotionally unavailable people. No, I have said, I've I've now looked at the men that I've dated and been like, oh, 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 yeah. But did I attract that because of that's what I, my energy and aura was giving off when I met that person. Absolutely. It's like, I'm this person on the, on that everybody sees and I can be this person, but if you're trying to get deeper with me, uh-uh, I can't let you in. Yeah. So I say this all the time because people think that, um, people just have this crazy idea about energy, mm-hmm. but energy is never created or destroyed. It just is right. Right. So again, you have the choice to create the energy around you. Right. People don't think that. People see bad energy and they're like, oh my God, the energy is bad. But you have the opportunity to change it mm-hmm. because your, your energy doesn't have to be bad. Mm-hmm. That person upset me, so now I'm upset. Right? Yeah. In this stance of thinking that, you know, um, that this person did that, so that this is how it's going to be. I apologize. My dog is barking at the deer in the backyard. My apologies. But, um, you know, people get this idea that it is that person's fault, but they are attracted to your energy. So whatever you give off, that's what people see. When I am coaching clients in my relationship bouquet, mm-hmm. I make them go out in the world okay and smile and have a good time with themselves you know how hard that is for one somebody who got rest and be faced because yes. <laughs> it angers yes. us when someone says oh smile you look too look i have about 50 th- honestly i i don't know what's going on here half the time uh-huh. in my face because <laughs> when i'm walking because of everything that like i if you understood everything that i did in life yeah you know, working yeah. nine to five being family oriented, being there for my nieces who everybody knows they're 
they're my everything. My nieces yeah. are my everything. Yeah. And trying to have being an entrepreneur, doing this podcast, all the things that I do, I have 40 or 50 things going on. It's like if you saw a computer, there's tabs here, tab there, tab, 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 tab. Yeah, yeah. And my face is like that, not because I'm angry, but because I'm focused. And yeah, I'm not focused. I'm thinking, right. I'm not thinking about that. So it's a lot of women that I know, we get so angry when someone smiles. Like, wait a minute. I didn't even know my face looked like that because I'm mm-hmm. so focused on something else. So that's a hard task that you're giving your clients. It is. But I, I give this other perspective of it, right? Mm-hmm. If you see a guy with a scowl on his face, do you want to be in his presence? I don't know. I'm a little crazy like that. So I might oh, be Lord. like, oh, what's, what's wrong with you? I mean, you know, if it's football season, his team might have just lost. So I understand that, Scout, because I might have that same look if the Ravens lose. So, I mean, I don't know. For, for me personally, I might walk up to him and be like, child, what's wrong? You need a drink? But that's mm-hmm. just me. I'm a, like I said, I'm a cancer, true to, true to See, form. I'm nurturing. That's how you flirt. That's your cute I, way I am a fl- I'm, a fl- I'm a flirter. Yeah. I will say that. I will flirt. Yeah. No, that, but that that goes with your personality mm-hmm. to do that. But most guys, here's the honest truth. They don't want to see a woman that they feel like they're going to be arguing with all the time. Mm-hmm. So what is that notion about you have to be, uh, excuse my language, a bitch? You know, when they say like, you know, the woman is a bitch and she's always going to get the guy because they're always chasing them for that acceptance. Like, what is that then? Because when we're dating, it's like, I feel like I'm a nice person. People, you know, tell me you take too much. And that I do, I do notice that, you know, personally, I do that. I, I can take a whole lot, but when I'm done, I don't even talk. I don't speak. I am done. Yeah. So cancer, right? <laughs> as like I said, if you see the definition of cancer, my picture right there, mm-hmm. I am done personally. I am finished. I don't need to talk to you, mm-hmm. but you know, then there's, you know, that woman or that man or that person who, you know, doesn't take a lot of crap. Mm-hmm. And that person seems to always have someone because that person is always on a chase to have that acceptance, that fulfillment, that they are the right person for you because I want you. So how does that work? Is that healthy, non-healthy? Like, what is that? So let me break this down to you in reality. Okay. That person that they're calling a B or whatever, that's just a woman that has set standards. Okay. So, so it's her, it's her standards okay. because people, people will either rise to the occasion or they'll keep it moving. Mm. They'll keep it moving. They're either going to rise or they'll keep it moving. If they can't meet your standard, then that's when, that, that's when they move on. That's when you don't hear from them. They're like, mm, she's too much work, but that's God's blessing, right? right. That's God's blessing that they moved on because now you ain't got to try to figure out what's going on with this person. I self-disclose a lot. So I'll tell you a little bit about my marriage. When I first met my husband, Mm -hmm. um, so I am one of those crazy unicorns, I guess. I was not um, into the whole premarital sex thing. Mm -hmm. I was a virgin. I was like, I'm not doing that. That's your (laughs) personal preference. See, I guess for me, I'm like, I don't see that as the crazy unicorn. I see that as everybody has their personal preference on what they do about that. That's... That's just how you wanted to live your life. Yeah. But when we had our first sit down and I, mind you, I was wildly attracted 
to my husband mm-hmm. really, really wanted him to, to like really, really fall for me. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, really wanted that. You know, when you get the butterflies and you're like, oh my God. It's the one right here. Yes, mm-hmm. the one. I think I done had that feeling, but I don't know if it was right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I told him and this, I, I tell people this, this was the first time in my life that I was ever honest with a man mm-hmm. about what I desired. So I told him, I said, listen, I desire to be someone's wife. I will not be a girlfriend forever. And I don't do that whole sex before marriage thing. So, so is it good to tell someone in the beginning, like, this is what I require? I, I put it in this way. I told him. And I think this is probably what got him because I was like, I like you tremendously, but if that does not work for you, mm-hmm. I am okay with us being beautiful friends. Like so that. I didn't give him an ultimatum, but he understood right away where I was coming from. Okay. There were no questions about, you know, you sure? You sure I can't change your mind? Mm-hmm. Because I was I was very, very clear. Very, very clear. Okay. And I think we aren't clear because before I started dating my husband, I would date guys and I would let them dictate what we were doing. So if they said we were kicking it, oh, we just kicking it. Knowing I wanted more, I wanted more. Mm-hmm. But because I didn't run them away, I let them kind of dictate the narrative but the truth of the matter is it's my relationship too right i have a say so so we got to speak up absolutely absolutely so those women that we consider the bees or whatnot these are women who are like hey this is this is what i need and i i and i told my husband this you got like three years for me to be your girlfriend and this is when we were in our early 20s (laughs) i met him at like 22. Mm. But I was like, I don't play that girlfriend role for a long time. I just don't. And I was like, you're not going to waste my pretty. He was like, what? I said, listen. <laughs> oh, I like that you said it because my friend Demetria Lucas wrote that book, Don't Waste Your yeah. Pretty. Yes. Yeah. Like you're not, you're not going to waste my pretty. You're not going to waste my eggs. You're not going to waste my time. And I think when we tell people, I'm not here for you to waste my time. Mm-hmm. I like you enough to give you my time. I need you to respect that I like you enough to give you my time because my time is precious. I wish we had a dating handbook because I could have like weeded out about f- several people out of life. One is in the works. I'm writing one. <laughs> one is in the works. Oh, so because we need look because we need this <laughs> dating handbook because when I tell you like. I think about sometimes when I, I I'm, we're going to stay personal here because I know, like I, like I said, I'm single. I want to give it to my single people. Like I even got in that. I'm not saying it's wrong because I'm even in that headspace of maybe I'll get married. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll have an Oprah Stedman situation. Like, so what is that like when you make that personal decision for yourself? Like, look, I don't necessarily need to be married to be happy. I am okay with just having a companion or just having a relationship here and there. What is that like for a person? Because I know there are those people who still want to inspire, aspire to get married. Then mm-hmm. we have the people that are conditioned like, look, I'm okay just being me because I don't have time for all of this foolishness. Mm-hmm. And then something that's just like, I just want a companion. Um, Oprah Stebman's situation is cool with me. 
I think if if that's how you really feel and that you're really honest with yourself, mm-hmm. then what what you desire in your life is perfect for you. No one can tell you, girl, nah, you better get you a husband. You mm-hmm. better not listen to that. You know, nah. I, I I just I like I said I'm 38. People look at me, they see me, you know, with my nieces. They're like, you'll be a great mom. You know, you'll do this. You'll do. First of all, I ain't having kids unless I walk down the aisle. And unless I walk down that aisle, we ain't have no kids. I don't really care. I can stay out and have me a little companion. Like I, and, yeah. I, and then, like I said, I'm two years from 40. After 40, I ain't pushing a thing. Okay. Uh, and if that's how you feel. Yeah. And listen, though, here's the truth, though. You have the opportunity to change your mind whenever you want to. Thank you. Whenever because you want to. I think we don't give ourselves permission to change our mind. It's like, that was me yesterday because of this, mm-hmm. what was going on in life. Mm-hmm. I have found this newness and this is what has changed me. So I think when we think about dating and relationships, we don't think about being else able to give ourselves permission to change or give ourselves permission to just do whatever it is we choose to do in dating. Like we feel it ashamed is. if yeah. we're around people who do something different. We're not secure in ourselves. Yeah. And I think going back to your earlier question about how does this particular woman always have someone chasing her? Mm-hmm. That woman, going back to what we talked about earlier, her self-concept is strong. She knows what she wants. Mm-hmm. She knows what she desires. And she's not going to take anything less. So you can't put a shiny object in her face and she's going to be flattered. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, I tell my, I have four older, three older sisters, it's four girls all in all. Can you just imagine what that was like for my father? Uh, it's me and my sister was two of them. So, and then <laughs> your mom. So imagine my dad with three women in the house. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but what was so amazing about my dad is that we each would have like our daddy date mm-hmm. with my dad. And it was his way of showing us how we needed to be treated. Now, mind you, my father was crazy. He was military, retired military, <laughs> would walk up to any guy and be like, are you having sex with my daughter? So everybody, I'm from a small hometown. So Did everybody- our guys know each other? Because I remember my first boyfriend in high school. Um, I hope he's not listening though. But my dad decided that he needed to jack this boy up on the wall and Girl. let him know who were you messing with my daughter? So in high school, this was, I got... I'm scared of her father. Yeah, yeah. I am daddy's little girl. My sister, we have yeah. our relationship with our dad. And I will say the dad relationship with a girl is very, very important. But even the mother relationship, because the relationship I have with my oh, mom yeah. is also important in how I dictate relationships. Absolutely. That father relationship, it sets the precedence of how a man is going to treat you. Mm-hmm. Because what you see from your dad, right? What you see from it as a woman, what you see from your dad is like, okay, that's what relationships should look like. Mm-hmm. That is the expectation. I don't say this to make people feel bad if their father wasn't in their life. So I do want to clarify that because you still can have a healthy, strong relationship, even with an absentee father. Right? Right. Because here's the truth. An absentee father is either going to make you do one or two things. You're either going to be like them in some respect Mm -hmm. and 
and not value the idea of being there for your family, or you're going to go to the other extreme and you're going to be the best Mm-hmm. that you can to your child. Right? right. Right. So there are extremes. So I don't, I don't want anyone to feel as if not having their parents involved means that they're doomed for life. Absolutely not true. What you, what you will have to do may be a little harder mm-hmm. in terms of becoming self-aware, becoming self-concept and fighting. So here, here's where it gets hard with okay. people with those situations because now they have to fight abandonment. Mm. They have to fight those abandonment and rejection issues. And I call A and I call them A and R, the mm-hmm. double sword. And a lot of people function in them and not realize it. Right? They do. I, like I said, I think like where you started with how everything starts when you're being nurtured in the womb and as you're growing up how you dictate your relationships as an adult. So I think when people say, you know, you need to, when you're getting to know somebody and you're dating, you get to need to see how they are with their family. And I think that's why it's so important when people say, you know, I've been dating this person, but I haven't met like dating them for six months to a year. And I haven't met family or, you know, I don't know how they are around mom, dad, child, sister, brother, whatever. And you don't know how that person is or what things to look for to say, okay, that may have happened in your childhood, but we don't have to make that, you know, a generational curse or anything like that. If it's something that is going to hurt the relationship, but then if you see the good, you say, you know, I want to continue that tradition. You know, there's good and bad when you, I think you're dating and you meet other people in that person's life, whether it's friends or family, because also how they have relationships with their friends can dictate going to be. And, and, and you brought up such a great idea that your relationship is a choice. You can choose what your relationship looks like. Right. And I think I was going to touch on this earlier, but I think I probably got too excited about something else. But mm-hmm. here's the truth about change, right? Mm-hmm. 90% is self-awareness. 10% is just making the change. So once you get clear on your stuff. Cause we all got stuff, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, like I said, I've been doing my soul searching myself. <laughs> yeah. So I know I got stuff. We are. I'm, I mean, I'm the youngest of four girls. I am spoiled. Right. And I'll be honest about this that. Is my problem too? I is it? Yes. Look, look, I'm having a Listen. whole therapy session on my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I will be the first person honest about that. I will be the first person to admit that I have to take a step back when situations happen because I, mm-hmm. I will personalize it like, why are you coming for me? You know, <laughs> I will, I admit that I have mm-hmm. to reframe, as I talked about in my TED talk, I have to reframe mm-hmm. and look at it from every perspective and then realize it ain't all about me. Right? Okay. Yeah. See, because I'm that. Never... <laughs> <Oops>. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. That's even, what I want. Yeah. If, even. Me, Dr. Roz has issues. Right. But I'm aware. I'm aware of them. Self-awareness is the big key, huh? Absolutely. Even 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 in my communication process, as your guests can probably figure out now that I love to talk. (laughs) Child, so do I. That's why I got the podcast, so I can talk. (laughs) I'm a talker, right? Right. My husband is not. 
Okay. And I used to beat him down with words. Not so how does that communication work when you're the, you're the person that has all the words in, cause I know, you know, I'm just hearing all the stuff that people tell me that are, are married or been in, you know, what they consider cons- uh, successful relationships, like communication is key. So is. how does a communicator communicate with a non-communicator? Like how does that work so that you can get to that place of we can date and have this healthy relationship? So girl, we went to therapy. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you, Mary, this our therapy, y'all. We got to go to therapy. So we got to, so we need to go to therapy for ourselves and we need to go to yes. relationship their counseling and all that good stuff. So that's why you have all your services. Right. Right. Cause, cause in my mind, I was like, if I could just talk him through it, okay, if I can just guide the conversation. Okay. So I was like, I am this great communicator, not even knowing how to communicate. So I want to share this with your audience. Um, there are, most people don't know how to communicate. They think if we do, if we talking about it, that's communicating. It's not. Oh, okay. Mm-mm. Communication is three parts, right? Mm-hmm. So the first part is actively listening. Well, what does that mean? That mm. means that you're not listening to defend yourself. Mm. You're not getting your argument ready, right? Okay. Right? Because yeah. that's how let, most of us communicate. Like when we hear something, it's like, what's my rebuttal? Girl, let me tell you about me. When, <laughs> when we used to argue, I'd be like, oh, I'm taking mental notes. Like, mm, let me refute that. I'm going to 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 refute that. Not even hearing, not even hearing concerns. So when we are arguing, half the time when we are arguing, we are really just trying to figure out if the person still loves and cares about us Mm -hmm. to meet our need. Because what we're arguing about is a need. Mm. We're arguing about a need. I need you to spend time with me. I need you to show me that you care. I need you to give me some more love making. I need mm-hmm. you, I need you to keep the house clean. You know, if I'm out here and I'm working, I need you to do this in the house. It's a need, mm-hmm. right? So the first part of effective communication is actively listening. The second part is understanding. Understanding exactly what it is that your partner is saying to you. Mm-hmm. Not trying to argue but really just hearing what they are saying, just hearing what they are saying and trying to see it from their perspective, trying to say, and as hard as that may be, because we want to feel validated right. with our needs. But if you both are doing one and two, mm-hmm. then you're got, you, you will be validated. Mm. You will be validated because they're understanding you. Mm-hmm. You're understanding them. Here's where here's here's the part of effective communication that people do not do, which is the third part. And that is responding to the need. Mm, yeah. So if my husband says, You're doing too much, you're doing too much AK stuff. I ain't seen you in a whole month. <laughs> which is quite possible because I'm very active, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I see possible. it, honey. Shout me at everything. I look. <laughs> quite possible. But if I don't hear him saying, hey, girl, I need you. Mm -hmm. I need my wife. And if I don't cut something out, like my friends will tell you when I'm out with them, I'm like, oh, time for me to go. I got to go home and be a wife Mm. because I am conscious about 
the time that I'm not spending with my husband. And that's a need for him. So I think that might be my problem. See, I told y'all I'm getting my little therapy session here. <laughs> so like my dad said he doesn't, I like, told my dad one day, because he always like, you, my dad and I have a very close relationship. Anybody who knows me, I'm such a daddy's girl. Uh-huh. I, I'm, I'm a mama's girl too, but I like, my relationship with my dad is, is like out there. I'm a football. Well, everybody knows I love football and it comes from me watching football with my dad. Gotcha. And, and so if you saw how I was, if you ever look at my social media and see how I am <laughs> about my Ravens, this comes from my dad a lot okay. watching football with him and being up under him. Politics, me working in, you know, in the political arena for my nine to five comes from my dad. So you can see how he has a lot of influence. Gotcha. Yeah. He doesn't remember when we had our times alone ride in the car, just being with daddy, he said he has no recollection of telling me this. But all I remember is him saying is at every age, like when I was 18, when I was 25, your mother was married by this age. She didn't get to do everything she wanted to do. Huh. Your mother was married with a kid by this age. She mm. didn't get, and it, I think it conditioned me because when I've been in relationships, I've told people, with everything that I do with politics, my family, and what I do, you know, outside of my nine to five, trying to be an entrepreneur, I need you to respect that. I need you to support that. And I am, not, and now just listen to you, I'm not necessarily thinking about what their needs are. Yeah. And I, I, I can see I'm a little selfish in that way because I am spoiled. Yeah. And all I can think about is I need to be happy with me before mm-hmm. I can be happy with you. And this is what's bringing me happiness. Mm -hmm. And I need you to be supportive of that. So I guess I'm not communicating how, like, look, I can support you in whatever you do. Mm -hmm. I need you to be supportive of me. Because I think I missed that part, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I think, mm, you know, I saw a little whisper. I think I missed that part. Okay. Again, it happens. Let me tell you about my craziness, okay? Mm -hmm. My husband wanted to get married long before I was ready to, um, Mm. because I was still in school trying to get this degree, trying to get this doctorate, right? Um, (laughs) I'm so embarrassed to say this, but the week of my wedding, I made a very single decision. So I was living in Pennsylvania. My husband was living here in the DMV, Mm -hmm. but we got married in Georgia. Okay. Because that's where you're from. That's where I'm from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not until... I went, um, and not until the week of our wedding, I went home to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Did I tell him that I would continue to still live in Pennsylvania, that I'd signed another contract for a year because it was good for my career? The look mm. on my husband's face. This is the week mm. of the wedding. That was a single decision. It was a single decision. And I, I did not realize how much I was so into myself. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Be, be great at what we do, right? Right. And pray that you get a partner that understands it because like you, my life is crazy. Right. My life is very crazy. crazy. So when I look into getting into a relationship, it's like, I need you to respect that I'm going to have these aspirations. Like I'm not just going to be, I'm not a person that's settled. Yeah. I like to move. I have anxiety. I can't sit still for two seconds. Right. Right. And I have right. insomnia. Right. I'm going to be up. My brain is like a five-year-old it's, in there. Yep. It's always gone. Right. It's always going. If 
Yeah, you are creative. It's always going. Right. And someone who's not a creative, they don't understand that. So it, it so you do have to teach people about you, but you also have to be willing to learn about them too. And so that's the piece that you were talking about. Yeah, because I missed that because I'm so all about, I'm, I've, I guess because I've been single for so long. And like I said, I know I mentioned like briefly, jokingly, I feel like sometimes I have PTSD from dating mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I, I had one guy some years ago and I thought that we were going to be together. Like mm-hmm. he was going to be it. Now this boy done cheated. He done did everything <laughs> to show me that he wasn't the, the one. one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, I think after that, I just got into this realm of I was hurt so bad mm-hmm. that I didn't know how to necessarily come back for it. But I was always Never searching for that feeling feel. again. It's almost like it's a drug. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost you, like a drug. You want that intoxication of like, ah. Oh, yes, know, I wanted that, that good feeling. Yeah. So I've been, I think I've been always, and I think we, a lot of people do that with dating. We're, we're searching for what that good feeling felt like when we were dating someone at a time that things were good. Yeah, But as soon as we get that bad again, that just continuously hurts us and hurts us and hurts us. So we get all this pain and anger and we are continuously dating without checking in with ourselves. And that's why you are dating, you know, men that are not emotionally available. Because and I'm that, emotionally unavailable at that. Yeah. And I'm not, I didn't, like I said, I didn't yeah. realize it until I was doing that, starting to do the soul searching, like, okay, hold up, wait a minute. But it, it, it protects you. Yeah, it, it, right. It was a protection. It's a protection. It's like, this is how I'm going to be. And I would get hurt here and there. And I think other people do too, because at one point you think, okay, maybe like you said, I can change this person. Mm-hmm. Not thinking of how you are and what you're accepting and not accepting or not having your standards set Yeah. when yeah. you're dating. And like you said, also thinking like that just might be that person and how they are. And I don't necessarily want to stay in that relationship. Absolutely. You know, a lot of people, um, and, and the reason why I did the TED Talk on surviving betrayal, mm-hmm. because I see so many people who are stuck. They are stuck from that mm-hmm. betrayal that happened 20 years ago. Exactly. And they can't move past it. And, and, they, think, and they think that they can't, like, like they, they see themselves as being unworthy and they'll never, because this one person, you gave it your all. Because I think yeah. that's what it is. We feel like when we've dated someone, we like that you think back to that one relationship or that one or two, three, whatever relationships that happen. And you're saying, I gave it my all here. I gave it my all there. And I still came up with nothing. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we're blaming them. Yes, they were wrong. But what part did I play in that as well? Absolutely. Is what we're not thinking about. And I think when we're yeah. when, we're single. We're always talking about, well, those type of men aren't any good. Well, a man that does this or a woman that does this or, you know, whatever our sexual preference is, that partner was not good. And if I see anything like it, I'm going to run. Absolutely. Instead of trying to correct it and say, I can't accept that. And if that's what you're going to yeah. continue to do, I have to walk and not being strong enough yeah. to actually walk. Yeah. Yeah. The idle threats, they don't work. Oh, you, you, you can't. You can't idly threat someone who is consistent with bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Because every time you say, I'm going to leave you the next time you do that, then they're going to test the limits. Mm. And then when you, when you don't. It's almost like, like a child. So we're reverting back to that nurture. Yeah. It's almost like that child who's like, 
Mama said I can't do it, but I'm going to try this one good time, see what they do. Right, 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 right. Or what's the worst she going to do, scream and holler? You know, mm -hmm. we're just going to be arguing and then it's done? Not until you get into a place and say, whatever you think is acceptable in this relationship, so do I. And you make that person look at their behavior and if their behavior is acceptable and if they want to feel that type of pain. Sometimes, sometimes the screaming, the hollering, the going off, the hitting, that's not going to work with some people. Yeah. Because people who function with abandonment and rejection, they're just looking for a reason for you to push them away. So they can say, yo, she was crazy. <laughs> Not, not telling everybody that they drove you to that point. Okay, with see, their why don't people understand when they drive you to that point? Because I've, what, the people that I've dealt with, I've said, you know what, be honest with me in the beginning so I can make the decision for myself if I want to deal with that or not. Because that, to me, that's the whole where you become like what they say, this woman is a whole, or this man is a whole mental patient. You don't want to deal with them. Like, mm -hmm. if you're not, and I guess that's where it gets back to you when you said you met your husband and you were upfront about your standards and what you required yeah. in the relationship. It was, it's, you know, like, if you're not upfront with me on what type of relationship you're trying to have, you know, all that deceit is what drives me crazy and what drives me to go off and pop off, as they say, mm -hmm. at you mm -hmm. and give you all, all of this, like you, who you talking to? Who you dealing with? But the that's thing the problem. Is we still protect we still protect our perpetrators though mm. because we're women we're nurturers right yeah so i'm i'm not gonna I, I may tell my close friends what you did but i ain't gonna tell your boy you know he did this i ain't crazy but he did this it drove me crazy mm -hmm. you know you're not you're not going out there trying to disparage yeah because you person. don't want and i think it's because the woman who does that or the man who does that see it seemed as crazy when you're yeah. always talking about what the other person did to make you have that Absolutely. reaction. Oh, she crazy. Absolutely. She don't know what she's talking. She can't even deal with, or he can't even right. deal with X, Y, and Z. Exactly. Exactly. So we protect, mm. we protect. And in that protection, we suppress what we need. So you getting involved with men that can never give you the emotional security you need. Mm-hmm. Is suppressing what you truly need because mm -hmm. you're protecting yourself. Because it, listen, if they don't come to the standard, then now it's like, am I a fool? Am I dumb? Why did I give them this chance? Mm -hmm. You begin to question you, mm -hmm. which is why I really wanted to say in my TED talk, um, like that very first thing about being an advocate mm -hmm. for yourself. You got to look at how that betrayal has affected the way that you think about yourself. Mm. Because how you think about yourself is how you function in this world. Again, the self-concept. Mm -hmm. So if you think once you got betrayed that, oh, God, I'm not, I'm not worthy. I'm unlovable. Nobody wants me. I'm not valuable. That's how you're showing up in the world. You're behaving but what if you don't even way? recognize that and you just behave that way? Because some, like you said, some people aren't aware. And you said the first thing about it is like 90% of it is the awareness and then 10% is how you react to what you find out. So it's like, it seems to me, it's like this whole thing, because a lot of people do this where we jump in and out of relationships and don't mm -hmm. even take the time 
to to heal to right to heal there's not a lot of healing so we are dealing with people who are you know dealing with a lot of relationship trauma all and right, we're so I'm still gonna get biological again. <laughs> right. <laughs> Lord. But, <laughs> Lord, she wanted to give us a whole size lesson here. But no, I mean, I, I get it. It's like you're dealing with all this relationship trauma, whether it's, a, like I said, family, someone you've dated, whatever. And you're still trying to go out there and date, and you don't even recognize it because you haven't even taken the time. So, as, as, as an adult, it's like, do we really need to sit down and just want to break yes. up habits instead of having that, what we call the rebound? Cause yeah, I need to get out yeah. there and get my groove back. Right. You right. know, cause that's what we think it is. I mean, which is not healthy. Okay. Cause you know, that's the first thing your girl say is girl, I'm tired of you being moping and depressed. Get out there and get your groove back. But is that moment of being a little like down and depressed, a part of that healing process that you need to do to, get moving and reflect and say, okay, I need to change this. This doesn't need to happen again. What happened? So here is a very, um, very unpopular idea that we're about to talk about right now. Mm -hmm. Here is the girl and guy, Mm -hmm. girl and guy that hasn't healed. They've met someone. That person has made them, has said something to them that has made them feel good about themselves. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, there's some form of intimacy taking place, mm-hmm. whether it's sexting or whether it's true sex, mm-hmm. you know, because they've given you that feeling of somebody is valuing me. Mm. Meanwhile, you have not valued yourself because in a sober non-betrayal mind, you would not just go out and have sex or commit sexual acts with someone you truly don't know. You understand what I'm saying? Very unpopular. And here's why. It is here's an unpopular I, notion because that's the thing you think of is like, I'm a sexual being and I might have, you know, sex with whoever, or it's just that, that's how I need, that's how I heal. You know, some people think that that's how they heal. How to heal. Right. Some people heal in totally different can't. ways. This is why you can't do that. And I always get nervous when I hear women say, I'm a sexual being. I can, I can have sex just like men, get up and lay down and da, 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 da. I, I got to dispel that myth because the moment you want a man to enter you, right? Mm-hmm. You want him to desire you. You want to be desired by him enough mm-hmm. for him to want to have sex with you because you cannot physically get closer to a man than him being inside of you. Think about that for a moment. Mm-hmm. Now, let, now, now let me, is this an adult audience? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. You better not be under 18 listening to what I got to talk about. Look, my last guest, like I said, but last week's guest on Heart's Desires, they own the adult novelty shop. So you better not be letting your child listen to what I got to say because, honey, I'm 38. I'm going to say it. We're going to say it on here. I want all the tea. That's why it's tea time with Monica because I want all the good tea. (laughs) Perfect. So I need to talk to your audience about this chemical bonding agent that we release called oxytocin. 
mm, which is like considered the love drug. And it is a drug. So people, it is, because people don't understand. So what it does is that it emotionally bonds us with the person. As women, we release oxytocin during childbirth, mm-hmm. during an orgasm, and breastfeeding. This is how your child knows who you are immediately when they come out the womb. They know their mother Mm. because that oxytocin is being released. This is why physicians fight so hard for mothers if they can to breastfeed because it creates that emotional bonding, Mm -hmm. right? So oxytocin is real. And then we all know the wonderful, amazing effects of orgasm. Yes. I mean, that's why I say masturbation is key. Because that's a relationship with myself. But it bonds you. Mm-hmm. It bonds you to the person who has given you the orgasm. So here's the difference. And so hold this on, is then. What I'm going to make a plug. Ladies, masturbate more because it bonds us to ourselves and maybe we could have yep. better standards. There all you right. go. There you go. Because I know we're all used to hearing men masturbate a lot. And I, I love my friends who are adamant about, look, we got to masturbate. Look, it's not nothing that we shouldn't talk about because it's, I hear people it's all the time. Healthy. Yeah, I hear people all the time who even are in relationships say, I don't need that I have a man or I have a woman. That's your relationship with you. Yeah. And and the truth is, our sex is a biological drive, just like when we're hungry. Mm-hmm. So what do we, what do we do when we're hungry? We eat. So when you have a when you have a drive, a sexual drive, and you I'm listen, eat. you need to be satisfied. You need um, you gotta do what you gotta do. We go eat. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. But see, here is how oxytocin affects men. Mm -hmm. This is why men can sleep with someone and it doesn't matter to them. Hear what I'm saying. When they release, they get attracted to the feeling of the release. Mm. Big difference. We get attached to the person. They get attached to the feeling of an orgasm. We get attached to the person Mm. because they're releasing inside of us. So if you think about that, then you just can't go out and lay with anybody because you don't want to chance getting some stalker oxytocin, crazy oxytocin, possessive oxytocin. You don't want those things because if you've ever had an experience with someone sexual experience with someone and it was horrible and then you called them again yeah we would do that person no that's the first thing you think like i can't do this this ain't gonna work for me i ain't gonna handle bad sex listen that's oxytocin that is oxytocin i did not get that oxytocin release with you if it was yeah You're like, why am I calling this person, right? Why am I calling this person? <laughs> this ain't even work. This ain't even work. It's always gonna be horrible. The person can't kiss. The person is they don't <laughs> like. It's just the work. I'm over, I'm but, over here laughing because I'm like, no child, that would need work over here. <laughs> yeah, but you'd be so surprised how many women don't recognize it. Mm. Like that, that friends will benefit stuff. We can lie to ourselves all we want to. We can. I think that's why people get into a continuous cycle of friends with benefits and it changes over time here and there because it's mm-hmm. like you stick with one person for a while because they're giving you that. Mm-hmm. Need. But I, I mean, you always hear this term like I can have sex with anybody, but I can't have mm-hmm. a relationship with everybody mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. 
you can you can have a friends with benefits situation and it'd be okay for a while, but there's going to come a point where one or both of you are like, eh, it's not working anymore. It's nothing there. Exactly. We've done everything we can do. All right, time to bounce. And, and somebody ends up hurt in that. Yeah, usually. somebody's hurt. When you realize that the only goal is sex, then how do you feel about yourself at the end? Regardless if you were having bomb orgasms and was getting it in and having the mm. time of your life. At the end of the day, if you see that person on social media giving another female the attention that you know you ultimately desire, he's they're they're dating. Because yeah, I think you know people and, people do it and they'll say you know I don't care I don't care, but it's that it's what you just said when you see them on so because social media it's big now. When mm-hmm. you see them on social media, you may feel a certain way, but you're not saying it because you don't want yeah. anybody to know because you've already said to yourself, "This is just sex. We're just mm-hmm. friends." We just mm-hmm. have a physical act to get off, you know. You don't so, lie you you to yourself. You don't lie. Now you, you got to stay with the lie. So now we're still not having the self awareness because yes. we're we're continuously putting in our putting that thought in our head. Well, let's just say I can't get mad at that, but deep down inside, you don't sit and you're like, "What the heck is this person yeah. doing with this person?" Yeah, yeah. Like like he was just with me last night, but now you taking her to go see. I don't know Beyonce. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, I mean, I can't get that treatment, but I'm I'm breaking you off regularly, regularly. But I can't get no, I I I can't be treated as a, as a woman in that. So we lie and we tell ourselves this, and so it 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 is my mission to tell women and men to value who. Get your time. Mm-hmm. Time is so important. And when I say time, that means your sex as well. That means your energy. Mm-hmm. That means your, your nurturing. Mm-hmm. That means your caring. When you feel, because we all have that good instinct, when you feel it, listen. Don't be three years down the line when you knew month one, this person was shady. Mm. Stop lying to yourself. Stop lying to yourself just because you want something to work. Men do it too. Don't don't ever get confused that men don't. Men do it too. Men want to be, men want stability. Men want security. Even though our number one need as a woman is security. And I'm not talking financially security, like security of my vulnerabilities, that emotional right, security. I, I want and I protection. feel safe with you. Right. I want to feel protected. Not because I I honestly tell you all day, I I don't need you to to pay my bills all the time. I want to know that you love me and protect me. Don't get me wrong. When we get together, we're going to figure out how these bills going to get paid. But I'm going to tell you, though, here's when I'm there's when you know a man is into you is when he starts sharing his finances with you. Mm. When you when you start having access to his bank account or. you know, maybe he is like, you know, he, he's, he's open with his finances about you because that's where their, <clears throat> that's where their security lies. Cause that's, that's where their manhood lies, what they do, who mm-hmm. they are, the money they make, how can they provide, how can they protect? Is it almost like an you, image though? Cause I know some men, they're, they're all about an image. Not all men are all about an image, but there's that group of men that are all about an image, but I guess I'm that way too, as a woman, because I'm all about, 
I guess being a woman that works in the political arena and having this podcast, being, you know, doing the things I do in the plus community, being on the red carpet, I'm mm-hmm. all about, okay, what do you see? But see, I'm that mm-hmm. person of when I get home, for me, it's if I let my hair down with you, mm-hmm. then you know I'm secure with you because yeah. I was like, I got to be this glammed up, you know, woman. But if I come yeah. home and I'm in my sweats, I'm cooking, we kicking it, we watching the game, you know. And that's that, emo- that's that emotional security because right. that person has made you feel like you can trust them. Right. With that. Right. We all, We don't give people things of ourselves that we don't feel like we can trust them with it. Mm. we don't do that so when a man gives up his finances like that he's in a space of trusting you that's you his gave me a whole list of homework that i got <laughs> Look, on this podcast i hope everybody like this might be one that we all might have to go back to listen to men women whatever like seriously because it's like you've got to think of okay the self-awareness. Now, how was I nurtured as a child? How was that when I was coming up? Okay, give myself a pass in college because I wasn't full of air, you know? Right. And then, okay, now I have the self-awareness. Now I have to think about what am I going to change about that? What is What are my standards? Like, how can I be emotionally available? Okay, how can I recognize, when is this book coming out? Because I just stopped. Because I was just like, <laughs> Because no, because it's like, okay, now how can I recognize that that person's really into me? Okay. Is he, you know, is he or she inviting me into that space of that they don't show anyone else, whether it be the finances, how they are at home, you know, um, personal things that they don't share with anyone. There's a lot there to think about when, that's why I think dating is hard because it's like, what do I show and how soon do I show it? How long do I protect me? When do I open mm. it up? And I think that's different for everybody. And everyone mm-hmm. has different expectations yes. of how yes. that stuff evolves. So that's also a problem in dating because you may feel one way about when someone should open up with that or you should open up with that. And that other person feels another way about when to open certain doors to the person that they're dating. So this is a very tricky thing it's and tricky. how to find look you didn't scare me i don't know if this ptsd <laughs> thing look i'm gonna call you after this because <laughs> i am yes. going honestly because no, i think i'm not scaring you i'm arming you and, and i get that because now i i think i have a lot of mm, you gave me a lot of nuggets a lot of tea i need to go sip yeah. my herbal you know soothing tea and sit for a moment and i need so, to so here think. here is how you when you meet some guy meet some guy Here's how you, as the woman, test the waters. From my understanding, from my, my friends who are still dating. Because it's hard. Yeah, they say, the you know, you guys. The more set in our ways, yeah. honey. Guys are quick to be like, send me a picture. You know, that I, I, I didn't realize this was the thing. Oh, now with this old, child, with this phone? Let I, me tell you. I didn't know. What, what, uh, what's that song, Snapchat me, that if you cool? Yeah. So in that moment. That's when you test the waters to see what they're about. Mm. I'm not. I'm not that kind of girl. Sorry. No. Or you send a fully clothed picture of yourself. You know, you got to mm. change the narrative. You got to show them how to treat you. So because I'm telling you, people will rise to the occasion, or they'll keep it moving. So when you test the waters that way, you're showing your standards, and you're also learning who that person is. Mm. And don't get me wrong, men men will hold out. They 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 can hold out past them ninety days. They they can't. I, see, I, I, 
Mm, that Steve Harvey book. I can't. Mm. <laughs> they will. But that's when your intuition has to click in. Mm-hmm. And that's when you have to look. So is that Steve Harvey book like a real handbook? Because I can't, I haven't really been mm. able. To, okay, thank you. Because I, don't get me wrong. I'm a Steve I, Harvey I, fan I, in so many I other ways. I, honest, I, I, I saw the movies. How about that? I didn't read yeah. it. But the, yeah. this, this, I know the movies was like, you know, based on the book and what type of man and how to deal with what type. Of, I didn't see it as a textbook for how you should do it. I saw it as maybe a reference for some things, maybe. Yeah. But this, this 90 day, this, these certain rules that I'm not a rules person, but you know, and I know you have to have some yeah. standards and some rules, but I'm not a strict rules textbook person because I'm a rebel in a sense. You know, yeah. and I think some of us, a, a good bit of us are, I'm not going to say everybody, but a good bit of us are rebels. We see one thing we, that tells us to go right. We go and left and up, down and everywhere mm-hmm. else. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if things are, I think everybody's different on how they feel or how they deal yeah. with certain things. Like you're saying, you have to find a way to test it to see where that person is that you're dealing with. Like if you're getting asked, send me that nude, you say, uh-uh. No, that's not me. Or you're like, hold on, wait a minute. We haven't even had a a, a first date, right. a first encounter. Why are you even asking for that? Okay, that's where you want to go. I don't want to go there. So this yeah. has to stop. So you you course correct. Oh, I'm not sure what you thought, but I'm not her. Mm-hmm. I'm not that girl. And and I've heard women say, but if I don't do it, the next girl will. Then you let her. You let that next girl deal with that embarrassment of this person using them yeah, while you still we, have your integrity. Once feel, yeah. Once we feel used, I think we are embarrassed, even though, even if we don't say mm-hmm. it, a little piece of us is taken and embarrassed and like, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I mm-hmm. allowed that, especially, you mm-hmm. know, you know, when you get to that point of like, I think like when I say I had PTSD, when the last person who really hurt me, hurt me. I think I went into this notion of, well, if I'm hurt, everybody else got around me. Gonna be, I really don't care. I'm going to uh-huh. just do me. Uh-huh. And I uh-huh. fell into such a trap of doing me for so long that I didn't even realize it until now. And I think that's where that emotionally unavailableness came. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I know I'm being really you can personal you, and I'm not this personal can, on my podcast. Yeah, I can you trust can, me. Can I know what you. I'm going to do. Uh-huh. I know right. what I'm going to do. I'm going to have my fun and I'm going to do me because I don't care because I was hurt. And because I don't want to feel that hurt again, I'm never going to, I'm never going to get to that point where I allow somebody to hurt me again. And I think, that's but if you is. start, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no. I was saying, I think that's where that self, like we have to find that, that mm-hmm. moment where we can be self-aware and not beat ourselves up for not finding that out earlier if that's where like well why didn't I realize this earlier it's something that Mm -hmm. happens that changes you to make you realize it absolutely and I I think if we start out with accountability Mm -hmm. in the beginning this is hard because people don't want to be accountable oh it it, it's it it is hard I'll never say it's not but it it saves you it saves you from heartache And what I mean by that, what I mean by that is, say, for instance, you've decided you wanted to be intimate with someone Mm -hmm. and having that conversation of, I know what this means. I need you to understand what this means to me. Mm -hmm. And I need to understand what it means to you. 
Mm. And if what it means to each other is not aligned, then maybe we shouldn't take this step. See, we're we're it, we're too used to oops, it just happened because it felt good. Mm-hmm. And then we walk away like, what in the world did I do? But if you do accountability steps in the beginning, because here's the truth. If the person means you well, they don't. If you're sharing your body with someone, you ought to be able to have a conversation about that. Mm-hmm. And if they cannot have that conversation with you, this is not an emotionally mature person. Keep it moving. Because they can't, they, you, you two are not ever going to be on the same level of what that experience is going to mean. Right. Because if they can't even talk about it, you can't talk about something. You shouldn't even do it. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. We're, we, we are, of a, uh, are of a particular age at this point. Right. We're not, we're not kids. No, we're, we're not, not kids. Teenagers. We ain't kids no more. We ain't kids. Your right. frontal lobe has developed. And now, you know, I don't you know. some people's haven't. So they still, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to admit some people's have, some people's haven't. And we got to figure out whose frontal lobe is developed yeah. and not. Yeah. Child, we got to figure that one out. Cause that's, that's one that needs to be figured out. Now, I, my other question, I know we, we've talked a lot about being self-aware is being comfortable with where you are in the dating world. Like, are you comfortable with being single, being married, being in a relationship? Because, you know, Valentine's Day is coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was just telling one of my close friends that for years, since I haven't been in a relationship, I haven't really celebrated in a way that I wanted to. I haven't mm. um, gone out. I've just maybe stayed in the house, had dinner, watched, you know, movies like He's Not That Into You because that's one of my favorites because I swear mm-hmm. that's my life. The movie named mm-hmm. my life, it was He's Not That Into You. Gotcha. Um, my dating gotcha. life right now. Um, but that doesn't have to be forever now talking to you. But um, I was saying how this year I'm going to take off work. I'm going to take myself out. And I'm not going to go out for dinner when couples usually go out because I don't need that to like depress me in yeah. any way. Yeah. But I'm yeah. going to go out like nice afternoon tea, um, you know, and maybe take myself to the movies and grab something to eat, go home and watch maybe a, a feel-good love movie. You know, because I'm a, I'm a sucker for a romantic movie. But this and is, that, and I'm so excited about it because I'm like, I have not celebrated me and me being single and happily, really happily yeah. single in never that I can this remember. This is amazing. And That's I'm amazing because like, you're nurturing your right, relationship with yourself. Right. And I think that, I think that is, I feel like that is, I'm so empowered to do this. And I wish that, now I'm wishing that for other people that I know, like that don't do it because I know friends who do do it, you know, and I know friends that I've said, like, I always celebrate me. I send myself flowers, da, da, da. but sometimes we think it's crazy to do these things for us. Like me, I love lingerie. Now I'm gonna wear lingerie for me all day. Like I like wearing, I, I'm a sucker for a, a cute bra, a teddy, but and I've always, so I've been in tune with my sexual side and me being the sexy woman that I am. But I've never been so in tune with, let me be happy where I am in this dating world. You know, let me be truly happy in my singleness so that when I do get in a relationship or find that companion, because I'm not sure if it's going to be marriage or the Oprah situation. I'm cool with either because, like I said, I just want a companion. And what that evolves to is what it evolves to. I can't tell the future. 
But I'm just so happy in this moment that I've decided to do that. And I've made the plans. I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you because this goes back to the quote that you started out with. The relationship with yourself is the most important relationship. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know how you want to be treated, you certainly can't express that to someone else. Right. And so you doing this for yourself and treating you is amazing. I want to challenge you to do it every month. Do this something is a good challenge month. for me. Yeah, every month. Listen, I want to challenge my audience if you're single to do this yeah. for yourself because I think that, like I said, I wanted to give something back to my single folks, my fellow singles out here, you know, I think some of us don't do something with ourselves to know this is what I want, whether it's the self-care that I need for myself, because I think when we get in relationships, sometimes people do forget about that self-care that they need. And I want, if I'm dating someone, I expect to go out on dates, whether it's something that's free or me spending some time at home or I'm spending money on my, like, I think when we think about dating, everybody thinks about the, the financial aspect of dating yeah. as opposed to just really it's so much, dating. It's so much free stuff to do here in the D.C. area. Child, I don't want to go to the museums. I, I, it's yeah. sitting, in the, sitting on the mall, just reading or just enjoying the, yes. the air, working out. Yes. I'm like, there's so much to do. I, I grew up in Maryland. And mm-hmm. if you're in the DMV, if you're listening to this, but I grew up in Maryland. I have not explored DC the way everyone else is exploring DC now. Like my friends who did not grow up here as DMV people, we are, you know, full spoiled. Mm-hmm, we don't mm-hmm. do the tourist thing well. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. we're so used to having tourists here that we don't really explore the area. And it's like, I've always thought, oh, I would love to go on a date here, there, now. And I'm waiting for this date that I'm not getting yeah. that I haven't even thought about. Take yourself. Enjoy my single life and be taking myself. Because you know what? Like you said, then the person who comes along sees that and says, well, why don't I join you? And then I'm getting that dating aspect that I want. It's there you like go. It's, it's this awareness. See, y'all, this, this time on this podcast, I'm becoming more aware. Yeah. <laughs> As you guys are seeing, Dr. Roz's work, it works. Her, her services work. We are having therapy on this podcast. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's really, like I said, I'm just so empowered. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have Valentine's Day and I'm going to be happy and about document it. it. Document yeah. it. Take well, pictures, you know, take videos. You know, I'm a social media document. whore. It's going to be all over, yes. Graham. Yes, <laughs> yes. Document it. Loving yourself. Who knows? Start a movement. Start yeah. a movement. Happily single. Hashtag happily single. Yeah. We're going to start that go. movement this year. Hashtag there happily you single because you've got to be happy where you are in the dating world before Absolutely. you get to the next step. Whatever that, wherever you are, whatever that next step is, you got to be happy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think that's the real tea for the day. Like we've talked about, we've gone to the scientific part about this. We've talked about the emotional aspect of this, this, the energy as the spiritual energy aspect of this. But I think the real tea that you're really giving us is being aware, Mm -hmm. noticing what you're going to change, but also being happy about where you are because it's not going to help where you want to go. If you're not aware and happy and knowing how to change what you don't want to happen. That is Start the tea right into, there. Yes. Like I got a full cup. Yes. <laughs> and I need to awesome. 
Start tapping into that self-concept. Start tapping into it. I'm telling you, when you start focusing on that, it changes everything. Because you get in the you know, people laugh, people laugh at me at my age, but I still get in the, in the mirror every morning. I do affirmations. Roz, you a bad girl. Girl, we doing it today. Roz, you have this. Mm-hmm. Roz, can't nobody stop you. Come on, Roz. You got this. You know, speaking into myself. Right. Because it is that belief that I have about me. So I challenge your audience to do that as well, because it will change the dynamic of how you see yourself, what you think about yourself, and also how people treat you. Definitely. Definitely. Well, uh, we are going to have to bring this to a close. (laughs) This was wonderful. (laughs) It was. It was very wonderful. So I want my audience to be able to follow you to get your information on how they can get some of this therapy. Um, yeah. Can you make? Can you give us all your information, all your contact, your social media, everything? Absolutely. So I am on all social media platforms at Doctor Dr. Roz R O Z A K E R B L A C K. So that's Doctor Roz Aker Black. My whole name, very long, and my website is IamDrRoz.com, and that's Roz with R O Z. Dot com. But yep, you can find me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right. Well, thank you that's so much. <laughs> that's a lot. But I want to <laughs> thank you so much for giving us all this tea on how to love ourselves, be aware of what we're doing in relationships, and making sure that we're having a healthy relationship with ourselves so that we can have a healthy relationship with others and what we what work we need to do to make sure we get Absolutely. there. So audience, Absolutely. if you want to contact Dr. Roz, follow her work, please make sure you, you know, if you got to dial it back to get all that great information she gave you on how to access everything about her, please do so. And thank you so much for listening to Tea Time with Monica today. <laughs> Have a happy month of self-love. And I challenge you to be Hashtag happily single or hashtag happily in a relationship or with yourself. Thank you. You've been listening to Tea Time with Monica. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast medium. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And follow me on social media at Monica underscore the curvy diva spelled M-O-N-I-C-A underscore T-H-E K-U-R-V-Y-D-I-V-A and at Tea Time with Monica.